What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of The Cut. I am your host, Christian Williams, and I am here, as always, with Randy Hall. Randy, how are you, man? <laughs> I'm doing good. I tried that uh, <laughs> little part of the opening. Hopefully not, but we'll yeah. see. You took yeah, so long yeah. to start it. I got bored. Um, well, yeah, you know, it, it spins, you know, when you start, so it's just, you know, <laughs> out of my control. But um, that's good, man. I'm glad you're doing yeah. well. Uh, we're going to be doing well here, but we have a jam-packed show uh, so we're going to kind of jump right into it. Tonight we are going to be uh, breaking down the NFC North depth charts for fantasy-relevant positions, so running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. And we're also going to do a Dynasty Startup mock draft, 12 teams, Superflex, your standard Dynasty Startup, uh, and kind of gauge how we feel against ADP and things like that. So uh, let's just jump right into the NFC North uh breakdowns, depth chart breakdowns, and we're going to start with the Chicago Bears. Uh, the quarterback position is not something that we're going to talk about. We would have last year because uh, Matt Nagy sucks, but we don't have to this year. Justin Fields is the starter in Chicago. But uh, let's start with the running backs. So David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, Darrington Evans, and then also Tristan Ebner uh, as they drafted on day three. A lot of Bears fans really excited about Ebner. We didn't even put him on the sheet. I really don't think he's going to have a, a major role this year. So, no. I mean, really, we need to talk about the top two, though. So, Randy, yeah. how do you think that it's going to shake out this year for Monty and Herbert? Um, I mean, I've, I've always been a Monty believer, so I'm going to keep him as the, the lead dog. He's my 17th overall running back in Dynasty rankings. It keeps that... You know, like he, he's an RB2. He said RB1 years. I get that, but it keeps him lower. Um, this offense is, I think, going to transition to the two back system to keep him a little bit more healthy and give Justin Fields like an extra weapon, too, because uh, Montgomery is a pretty decent weapon out of the backfield and keep him healthy all year. That's a good thing. And we saw some good things from Khalil Herbert. So I think he deserves at least some an increase in snaps this year. So. Uh, it should be a good overall thing. I don't think it hurts Montgomery's value too much. Um, there's just a jam-packed, you know, like from 8 to like 18 is jam-packed of good running backs. So I think you're still heavily coveting Monty, but I do think Herbert has a decent amount of value uh, past being just a good handcuff. I agree. So uh, the, the original question is with – with Luke Getze's background. Uh, and so Luke Getze, his background, so he's he's coming over from the Packers where they used a two-back system. That's kind of what he's known uh, during his time there. But also when he ran an offense uh, for Mississippi State, I believe it was, in college, it was very much so a timeshare. And so uh, the way I have it breaking down is Monty plays a little bit more this year. Uh, he only got in 13 games last year, but I, I still think that his market share is going to come down because they definitely used him as a, a bell cow type of back when he was healthy last year. I just don't think we're going to see that in 2022. And there have been some, some signs alluding to that just based on, you know, Herbert's a really good fit for that outside zone that they're going to be running. So now Monty is, is fine too, but I, I do think that it's more of a split this year. Um, let's move over to the wide receivers. So, we know who the wide receiver one is. It's Darnell Mooney, high target share, kind of did really well with that last year. Um, but the the wide receiver two position, no one really knows who it is at this point. So you've got Velas Jones, they drafted with day two capital. Uh, uh, Equinemia St. Brown, Byron Pringle. That's about it in terms of oh. guys I'm interested in as the wide receiver two. There's Daz so many Newsom, fun names though. <laughs> Tajay Sharp, Dante Pettis, David Moore. Uh, Nasimbo Webster, Isaiah Coulter, Chris Fink. Um, okay. So who do you think emerges as the wide receiver two for Chicago? 
Um, <laughs> Vilas Jones Jr. Um, I, I really don't see a lot of talent besides that. I think Byron Pringle could, but we really haven't seen him step up ever. Um, the likes of Taze Sharp, Dante Pettis, David Moore, I really don't care about. I think at least one or two of them get cut. Daz Newsom does have that little that little ring when you when you see it on the depth chart. I think there's a chance there, but he he really hasn't impressed to this point. So it's just an opportunity game at this point. But the high capital on Jones Jr. and the age it just dictates to me that they're gonna have him be fed in the offense uh, early and often. So I and also believe uh, St. Brown. Is he is he already banged up? I thought I saw that. I could be Probably. wrong, but probably that would that would check out. I I, know, right? I, <laughs> I would like to see him become the wide receiver three, but I think you're spot on in that Vilas Jones Jr. should command the second highest target share among the wide receiver groups. Obviously, yeah. the guy we're about to talk about uh, in the tight end room should get the second most targets, if not the running backs. But uh, yeah, Vilas Jones Jr., I mean, he's got to get on the field because if he doesn't, he's going to be aged out and uh, <laughs> they're not going to have yeah. a, a player. I mean, he's he's 25 before his first snap. So um, yeah, Vilas Jones has to have a good rookie contract in order to actually get a second contract. That's that's his age parameters. That's yeah, <laughs> yeah essentially so. And. And ultimately, I think that he's a really good fit for this offense as well because I do think that they're going to do some more RPO quick game stuff. That's not Justin Fields' bag, but also uh, Vilas Jones has some speed. So, uh, yeah, and- it, it does kind of incorporate a little bit of the Ohio State's offense aspect, though, where um, Mooney can be a little bit more of the Olave role for Fields, being the, the go-to guy as well as the deep threat, whereas Vilas Jones can kind of do the gadget stuff and the quick and try and make a play and – I mean, we've seen Fields obviously comfortable in that scenario. I don't think it's the talent level, <laughs> um, but <Right>. still. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, definitely not. But uh, all right, the tight end room, Cole Komet, Ryan Griffin, uh, James O'Shaughnessy. So Cole Komet, is he a tight end one? Is he a top six, top seven tight end? What do you think? No, I, I won't go top six or top seven. I, I meant like tight end 13, I believe, for dynasty rankings. Um, he's one of those players that we've been waiting, you know, <laughs> waiting for that full breakout at the tight end one. We've seen some decent flashes. We saw increased flashes every time Fields was on the field last year. So I do, I do see a bright future for him. I think he can be a tight end one this year. Um, but again, it's just like the running back position. Once you get past like the top, half, the top four or five, it's really a bit of a crapshoot of like. 10 guys that could all be tight at once. So we'll see how it plays out. I do think he has a better shot because he has a little bit higher target share opportunity than others. I mean, like I, I have had, like last year I had him and like Irv Smith and I would say probably like Dawson Knox in the same category. Obviously Dawson Knox hit it out of the park with a lot of touchdowns, but Irv Smith getting hurt. But when I'm going back, this year, I think Komet probably has the highest opportunity share of those three. So, I mean, for what that says. <laughs> yeah, I mean, ultimately, when you look back at Cole Komet's 2021, you feel pretty confident that they're not just going to use Jimmy Graham and other tight ends in the red zone because Cole Komet didn't score yeah. a touchdown last year. And if he scores touchdowns, I think we're looking at him a little bit differently. And even so, when I started to look back at that, I, I started to get a little hesitant about where I have him in Dynasty, which is outside of my top 12. So I, I need to kind of take a look at that. He's my tight end 13, but I do think he's going to get <laughs> Yeah, I think he's going to get a large target share this year. So um, he, He's going to stay, even if I think he's getting an increased target share, he's going to stay at like 13 for me. Um, it's Once you're at that cusp, we need to see it, and we still haven't truly seen it from him. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's move on to the Detroit Lions. We have the quarterbacks listed here, uh, although I think that was just uh, making fun of Jared Goff a little bit. But Jared Goff, Tim Boyle, David Blau are the three quarterbacks there. Jared Goff's the starter. And actually, when you, again, look back at his 2021, he was pretty efficient um, in terms of what they asked him to do. It's a creative offense, and so that leads us into the running back position, I think. Is there anything you want to say about the quarterbacks? 
Ooh. Um, yeah, <laughs> basically, we saw kind of like a dumped down version of this offense, and Swift and Hawkinson's injury history last year really took a big toll on that. And the wide receiver room was pretty decimated until they really gave Alvin Ra a chance uh, in Khalif Raymond a couple times and Reynolds a couple times. So um, I think the vast improvements in the weaponry this year could spell like a, an actual quarterback two season from Goff. I'm not putting him there necessarily right now, but I think he could have some valuable weeks. So if you're in like a best ball and you only have two good quarterbacks, I think if they're all flat off the board, I wouldn't mind waiting and taking Goff as my three. Yeah. I'm, I, I might take, I'm, I might take Ritter as well or something, but you know, yeah. Or Trubisky, yeah, or so, you know, some lower, but still. Yeah. I'm, I'm fairly interested in that as an option, but uh, so let's move on to the running backs because yeah. I don't care about the Detroit quarterback as much, but DeAndre Swift, he's put on a little bit of weight and people are a little excited about that. Normally when running backs put on weight, that's not really a good thing. And people are freaking out about Najee Harris being 260 or whatever the hell he is, 240. Um, I don't know. He's, he's massive. But DeAndre Swift put on 8 to 10 pounds. Do you think he's going to be a workhorse now? That no. Um, <laughs> but that's a, I don't want Swift to be this workhorse though. You know, I want him to be a, a valuable weapon on the backfield with getting his share on the, on the ground. I mean, this is exactly what Jamal Williams is here though, is to be the split back with him. And I think we saw decent stuff from, you know, Craig Reynolds and Jamar Jefferson and uh, last year that, uh, you know, I don't think you, you run Swift into the dirt here. And I know they think the same way. And with like drafting Jameson Williams, you're really you're clearly trying to build for the future. And I think they think Swift is part of that, which they should. So while I think he's a, a top end running back this year, I still think uh, like the workhorse where he's getting, you know, ninety percent of the touches or eighty percent is nowhere near going to happen. We'll be looking at like maybe sixty. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a pretty pretty good share there. I have yeah. so I'm doing some projections. Uh, spoiler alert: I'll have some some takes, but uh, I have him getting 44 percent of the carries, which is up from last year uh, because he only got a 35 percent market share on the ground of, of rush attempts. With him being hurt, that's not a per game thing, but I think that goes up. And then he's he's a little more valuable in fantasy, but I think you're completely right that we don't need him to be a workhorse, and I don't think he will be so. No, um, but so forty-four percent, and where I was going with that is then also a sixteen percent target share because why wouldn't you throw him the ball? He's very good. You got um, to. I mean, yeah. even with the increased weaponry, he's such a absolute like <laughs> Swiss Army knife out of the backfield that just yeah. get him the ball in open space is the smartest move. Yeah. Swift Army knife. Mm. And uh. that's what's that again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, next, uh, the wide receiver room in Detroit is actually a lot better than it was last year. You've got DJ Chark coming in. You've got Jamison Williams coming in eventually. Uh, Amon Ra is returning. He was fantastic down the stretch over the back half of the year. One of the best rookie wide receivers last year. And then you've got Josh Reynolds who returned. Khalif Raymond returned. Quintez Cephas is going to be back from his injury. He had a pretty impressive first few games. And so the wide receiver room after that, Trinity Benson has gotten some camp hype. Uh, Khalil Pimpleton was a pre-draft favorite, even though he's a small little little guy. Corey Sutton was a pre-draft favorite for some, and then some other names. But expectations for DJ Chark, assuming that Jamison, Jamison's not going to be ready for training camp. We kind of no, know that. We, yeah, and, we've already been given more reports that it might be even later than <clears throat> previously expected. So Right. It's because there were the reports that he was ahead of schedule, but that doesn't – I mean, he tore his ACL this year in, in January, I believe it was. So uh, we, we're looking at October, November. So DJ Chark, <clears throat> wide receiver two for them while he's out? You think? No. You don't? I, because I, there's already built-in trust with Amon Ra and Reynolds and Raymond to some extent. So while I think Chark has the opportunity to be kind of a – a better outside threat, which is what they need. I mean, Chark is definitely the, the stepping stone of Jameson Williams taking over this offense. So I think they'll dial up plays for him to kind of test 
unlocking that aspect uh, with Jared Goff at quarterback. Because again, whether we like it or not, this is an organization that does believe in Jared Goff, at least to some extent. So I think he'll be used pretty heavily. Um, I just don't know if it's going to be like a big target share. I think he'll just be used as like the deep threat or as Amon Ra's again, as the, the guy to kind of break plays and a chain mover. And then you also have Hawkinson coming back. So I do think he could get the wide receiver too, just because of the deep shots, you know, kind of like, uh, like, like Hollywood or, you know, um, Chase, obviously not to that level, but that's, you know, less catches, more yards, more touchdowns kind of thing. Yeah, and then the last question, I guess, on the wide receivers. So tight ends, TJ Hawkinson is the guy. They did draft James Mitchell, and they brought in Derek Deese Jr. as an undrafted free agent. As guys I think are intriguing, more so James Mitchell, but Hawkinson Mm -hmm. is the dude. We know he's a tight end one. We don't really need to talk about that. Uh, But do you think that while Jamison is out – who do you think benefits the most from that? Do you think there's another wide receiver that might step up into that role? Or do you think that it the share just kind of gets divided into Swift, Hawkinson, Amon Ra? I mean, so besides DJ Chark, I guess we're saying? I guess so. I mean, I honestly think Quintet Cephas is still going to have a role on this team personally. So that uh, was why I was asking that, because he's the only other actual kind of outside threat on this wide receiver team, even though we know Amra can kind of do that, uh, especially in the red zone, it's just, he's worked so fantastically out of the slot and, you know, a moving piece that I don't think they changed that up because he clearly was unlocked at the end of the season. So while the other guys are a little bit more slot heavy, I think Cephas would be the one to kind of, to help break out alongside Shark. And that's why, it's kind of hard to say Chark's going to be this really good because we did, like you said, see some good things from Cephas. So we'll see. I don't expect anything else from the rest of the receivers. I think Raymond and Reynolds will stick around. Obviously Raymond had a little bit of good games. Reynolds is just a favorite target of golf and their friends. So I think he sticks around <laughs> and we'll probably get like four other receivers cut. Yeah. So well, honestly, Reynolds averaged, I believe, like five targets per game last year after they scooped him. So um, yeah, but it was heavy. It was heavy to start. It was, and then it it died off towards the end. But and that was also the Amon Ra massive games towards the end of the year. They also got Reynolds after the trade deadline, I believe, as well after he got cut. So. And, and also, I mean, that also that aligned with DeAndre Swift coming back from. So his first big games, I think, were with Swift out. And then then the, the you know, fall off was when Swift he was, came back. He was the only weapon because Hawkinson was also out, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. So, uh, okay. Anything else on the Lions before we get no. into the Packers? Okay. So Green Bay Packers, we don't have to talk about the quarterback this year uh, because, I mean, we technically did last year with the Aaron Rodgers saga of last offseason. I will say that was my favorite quarterback saga uh, based on what we are now dealing with quarterback saga wise. Um, But we do have to talk about a a lot. So there, I have a true or false question here for you, Randy. Cool. AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones will finish as RB ones in 2022. I just looked at and saw it. False. I think Aaron Jones will. Um, I don't think AJ Dillon will. Because do you, think, main, do you think it's close? I mean, I think AJ Dillon is probably an RB two. I guess I'll say that. I just don't know how high it will be. In theory, when you look at the builds of these two guys, AJ Dillon's the goal line back, but that's not how this shakes out. Aaron Jones is far more efficient in the red zone, on the ground and through the air. So I think there's limited touchdown upside for Dillon. So we're literally just baking, and there's limited receiving upside because it's not his strongest suit. So while I do think he can get a good amount of carries, and we saw Jamal Williams there be incredibly valuable, but he's a little bit better of a pass catcher. So that's why I think he's going to have to break off some runs, and which he can do. But again, he's a little bit more of a bruiser that doesn't get the goal line touches that you would expect. So, Yeah. 
I've seen a lot of it's kind of a roller coaster of analysis on this backfield because I think people overcorrected thinking Aaron Jones was this ancient running back that was falling off. He's not that. And also he's going to command more targets. And so I yeah. think Aaron Jones is easily an RB one this year. AJ Dillon, I, I will say, I think he has an outside shot, uh, you know, maybe on There's, a total points. Yeah, right. Touchdowns are going to have to happen. And I just, yeah. Well, I will. I was also going to say, I mean, in points per game, I don't think he does have a chance at, because what you're looking at is a guy who's going to be super durable. He's just going to be on the field and he might outscore. He might finish in the top 12 when you look back at the final finish, but that's not really what you should be looking at. You should be looking at points per game. So uh, good answer. Wide receiver room is a big freaking toss up. So Alan Lazard, Christian Watson, Randall Cobb, Sammy Watkins, Amari Rogers, uh, Romeo Doves, Malik Taylor, Jawan Winfrey, Rashid Walker, Samari Torre, Danny Davis are all in that room right now. Question, how do you see it split? Who is the wide receiver one, I guess, is the more important question. Uh, Lazard. Okay. Um, we've seen Lazard kind of be used heavily as like a little bit of a back shoulder possession guy at times and really heavily in slant routes. So I think that's going to be a little bit of the bread and butter of this offense this year. Um Watson has chance to do something here. Uh, and I'll also say Romeo Doves in that same breath, but both are so away from being ready <laughs> that mm-hmm. I just don't see it. And age-wise, it's not the best thing for Watson, but he's you know just an athletic freak. And I think he could, you know, be unleashed here, especially as kind of like a deep threat for them early on and kind of replace what they've lost over the, this last season. But we'll see. I think Randall Cobb starts out pretty strong and tapers off, just like we saw him in the return last year. I don't trust Sammy Watkins past week one. (laughs) Amari Rodgers, we all thought, could become the actual slot receiver for the Packers that they never used, and he's done absolutely nothing. We've actually seen nothing good from him, in my opinion. So while I think he should, in theory, be taken over and be the reason that Randall Cobb's sitting on the bench, I just don't see it right now. So that's why, I mean, for me, I think it's Lazard and then Cobb. And then by the end of the year, Watson clearly takes a role. And I think Dubs has a decent outside chance to do so as well. Yeah. I'm just looking at how I split the targets. And uh, I have Watson as like the sixth highest target getter. And most of that is because it's going to take him a while. But I think a lot of that does come over the back half uh, of the year. So. But he's he's the kind of athletic receiver that he could be sixth, you know, low, lowest in targets or sixth highest and third in yards and fourth in touch, sure. you know. So sure. sixth, you know, but that's exactly what I spelled out, though. I, I think he's going to – Rodgers is also one of those – Rodgers is always, I have to trust you or else you're not playing. You're not touching the ball. And Manning was like that. Brady's like that at times. So, like, it, all the good ones tend to do that because, you know, yeah. they're old and their careers are all about this. So, yeah. if you're dropping fucking balls, you're not getting the ball again. So, we'll see. And, and I want to see a lot out of camp on these yeah. on this receiver room besides Lazard because we know Rodgers trusts him. Oh, for sure. And, yeah, I think he's the clear-cut, clear-cut wide receiver one. Uh, personally, and I do think that Cobb will get his fair share of targets as well. So uh, it's funny that you said that he's the type of guy that could finish third or fourth in yards. I have him fourth in yards still being the sixth or seventh highest targeted, So, yeah. um, which is a, a decent outcome. All right, last question. Robert Tunyon coming back and taking over as the tight end one. Do you think that is a viable outcome this year? As... As the tight a... end one of no 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 the tight end one of the Packers. Do, yeah. So the reason I ask it that way, Josiah Degora had a few good games down the stretch last year, and he was the guy that people thought was going to be the tight end of the future for the Packers, and it hadn't really come to fruition until Tunyon's injury. So do you think Tunyon does reclaim that that mantle? I, I do. I think Tunyon's more talented, and we've seen the trust with Rogers. Um, however. I still want to see how he's doing. I haven't really seen a lot of news about him either. He got injured, I want to say like week seven or so. Yeah, uh, so this is about the time where he should be full go, but you know, you got to kind of see on that. He struggled out the gate last year. I could see something like that again, 
And if that does happen, that's when DeGaro could strike and take the place. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I think I think Tunyon's in for a, you know, a comeback year, but not quite what he was personally. I think that the other no. Mercedes Lewis also gets targets in the red zone, so which sucks for everyone. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> who's starting? Mercedes. Uh, okay. Anything else on the Packers before the no. Vikings and then the, the mock draft? Okay, Vikings. We have quarterbacks listed again. I feel this is disrespectful to Kirk Cousins, but I will read them. Kirk Cousins, Kellamon, Sean Mannion. <laughs> it's there. Not like these guys are going to take the job. But more if we wanted to do the discussion of – do you think Mond is the quarterback in waiting that he'd be ready in two years' time when Cousins is gone? Or are we looking at them drafting? Uh, I think I'm more on we're looking at them drafting someone in two years but and giving yeah. Mond, like, the, the bridge shot. But, yeah. I mean, his own coach basically dog shit last yeah. year, basically saying he's nowhere near ready. And I'm pretty sure the new coach isn't fond of him either. Uh, so I, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if he's the QB three here, but okay. Anyway, so the things that matter, um, so wide receiver three for the Vikings last year, Adam Thielen missed some time. KJ Osborne stepped up and was a really, really reliable wide receiver for fantasy. I mean, you could start KJ Osborne for a nice solid four or five week stretch there and, and be comfortable. Do you think that remains? Do you think he keeps that wide receiver three? Do you think he overtakes, Adam Thielen as the wide receiver two at all this year? He's getting up there. Uh, no. <laughs> There's Cousins and Thielen have uh, one of those connections. So they're always going to look. He's always going to be looking at Thielen, especially in the red zone. Jefferson, again, is the target hog, but Thielen gets – he's the, the go-to guy, and he's the red zone guy. So we'll see how that goes. I think Osborne continues to keep a role. I am – Curious how that all shakes out, though, because B.C. Johnson was definitely looked at as the largest year three before he got hurt. Um, and Amir Smith-Marset actually came in with, you know, they really liked him going into last year. Didn't think he'd probably be ready, and obviously he wasn't. But we saw a couple good things from him. And uh, honestly, like, Naylor and Prohl are just guys that I've, I've liked what I've seen in tape before. So I, I'm kind of curious how this one year four or five situations works out for them because I do think Osborne did enough to lock in a spot. And obviously Thielen has been banged up the last few years, so I wouldn't be shocked if he misses some time. So, Yeah, because of that, I think they'll carry an extra receiver just because a lot of Thielen's injuries yeah. come mid-game, and so you want to have some, some reliability there. Sure. Uh, I think one of these guys that we like are going to get cut. I think Prohl's probably the, the one that goes first, and they keep the other six. Um, but I'm intrigued. You're right. It's, it's a very intriguing situation. Uh, over to the running back situation. So Dalvin Cook obviously is the lead back. Alexander Madison is his uh, backup at this point, but Alexander Madison is also in a contract year. Last year they drafted uh, Kenei Nwangwu, and then they also have Ty Chandler, who they scooped on day three this year. Um, Ty Chandler was a really good special teams player. I don't know if he has a role in the backfield, but do you think that there's a chance that one of those two guys overtakes Madison as they kind of look to the future? Um, no, only for the fact that, like, I don't, because you have two guys that I think they value, I, I'm not sure Madison gets re-signed, but especially with kind of how their contracts going to be lining up in the future here, but mm -hmm. I think they Full go ride mess in the dirt, just call it a day. Yeah, just like just, I mean, as a backup too. So like, and right. and they trust Madison. So which and they the should. He's thing. really good. I mean, yeah. when he's on the field, he's good. He's not as good as Dalvin Cook. There are a lot of crazy takes out there. No, but, but he's been the best handcuff for sure. Like, th and there's no question. Be. If Cook's been out, Madison has stepped up every single time. There's no question. Yeah. All right. Last question. How are you valuing Kirk Cousins and Dynasty right now? We'll pull up the rankings. I know everyone's real down on him. I have him at 19. So I'm not as bad as like consensus. I think I heard the other day a keep trying to cut had him at like 22 or 23. Uh, that's yeah. where I have Tom Brady on his last season. <laughs> yeah. So 
I mean, I have like Tua and Wilson, Zach Wilson ahead of him, uh, basically because of youth and possible upgrades to the situations, uh, rising their values. But other than that, I like everyone else is who you expect to be ahead of him. I have him over Mac Jones because I just don't trust that offense, over Pickett, Brady, Mills, Ryan, you know, like the whole the whole gambit of those guys. I think he's steady as your quarterback too. I'm very happy with him as my quarterback too in pretty much every league. Um, just because – if you can have him as your quarterback three, even better. But, I mean, he's one of the, the least looked upon value-wise for quarterback twos, but he's one of the most consistent. And he's consistently had really good years. Um, and we've heard more talk of them becoming more of a pass-heavy offense this year to try and save Dalvin Cook a little bit for down the stretch because they think they're a playoff team. So um, I do think Cousins is a – a really good dynasty quarterback for the next two years. It's just past then. I don't know. Yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's fair. I, I've wanted to flip him over Mac Jones for about two weeks now. And then I finally sat down with projections for this year and said, oh, yeah, that needs to happen. So, yeah, Mac Jones I've, isn't. He, he's I mean, not, he's not eclipsing four. He's not eclipsing 4K. And, yeah. and Kirk Cousins is easily doing that, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. All right, that'll do it for the NFC North depth chart breakdowns. Again, we'll be doing every conference or every division, I mean. Um, so we, we will get back into that next week. I don't remember who we have on the schedule, but we will. Uh, we will I haven't made it yet, so yeah, I'll read tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> All right, are you ready for this Dynasty Superflex startup mock draft? Yep. Okay. Uh, so quickly – um, it's going to be quarterback, super flex, obviously quarterback, running back, running back, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, tight end, flex, flex, super flex, and then a few bench spots. So we're only going to do like 16 rounds for time, obviously, but we might go over quickly other guys we like later. Yeah, for sure. All right, I'm going to start it. Randy has the uh, number two overall pick. I have the 107 for folks that are not watching. Yes. All right, so Josh Allen off the board first. Um, I think Mahomes is is good here, but I'm going Herbert. I think you get the other young stud quarterback here at the second spot and just call it a day. Uh, gives you a little bit of flexibility coming around because you're not picking for a while. Yeah. I hate not going quarterback in the first round, and especially with guys like Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray sitting here, I, I'm really, really tempted. Um, I would love it if Lamar got his contract done. I would love it if Kyler got his contract done. Uh, and so for that reason, I'm just going to take Justin Jefferson and hope that one of them gets back to me. Yeah, they didn't. Uh, I knew they won it. <laughs> yeah, they did. Uh, <laughs> next two picks, obviously. So uh, next off the board, uh, Kyler, Lamar, Javante Williams, Dak Prescott, Kyle Pitts, Najee Harris, Christian McCaffrey, CD Lamb, Russell Wilson, Mark Andrews. And I'm sitting here. Wow. Um, the problem here is a lot, a lot of quarterbacks have come off the board. I could start Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, and just have an absolute unit of a wide receiver room. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to go get one of my top three uh, dynasty running backs, and I'm going to take DeAndre Swift here. And I'm just going to risk the quarterback position, despite this being super flex. Fair. Um, <laughs> I... So after that, Cooper Cup, Deshaun Watson, Debo Samuel, Austin Eckler, Randy's on the clock. Yeah, so I am normally an advocate for running backs here. So I'm going to kind of stick to my word. And I'm actually going to go Brees Hall here for a youth movement here, knowing I can get another one back on the turn. Um, A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts go past then. Um, so basically the best quarterbacks here, Trey Lance, Stafford, Lawrence, Fields, Rodgers. I already have the quarterback, and that does give me a little bit of flexibility. The wide receiver room, Waddle, Adams, Diggs, Higgins, I think getting one of these guys would be huge. <laughs> but looking at the running backs, what would be coming back to me, I personally had to go. Oh. I had to go Joe Mixon, even though it's the same in my week. It's Dynasty, so who cares? It's true. Uh, after that, Trey Lance, Dalvin Cook, T. Higgins, Devontae Adams. This is a dream. Justin Fields falls to me at the 307. They, just an easy smash pick. This is why waiting on quarterbacks, even in Superflex, sometimes happens and, and, and works well for you. 
after that, Jalen Waddle, Stefan Diggs, DK Metcalf, Matthew Stafford, Derek Henry, Tyreek Hill, Saquon Barkley, Travis Kelsey, Alvin Kamara, Antonio Gibson. And now I am sitting here trying to figure out who my next quarterback in Dynasty would be because I've waited on quarterback and now I can go get two starting quarterbacks uh, very, very easily. So give me one second as I determine who my next pick would be. And it would be a couple of years of Aaron Rodgers would be next for me. So, uh, so my start of Fields, Rodgers, Swift, Jefferson, that's that's a dream. I like that. Yeah. Uh, after you, Nick Chubb, Drake London, Trevor Lawrence, Cam Akers. Puts me in a weird spot. <laughs> uh, George Kittle, J.K. Dobbins, Kenneth Walker, Deontay Johnson, ETN. Kind of top the list. Um, man, I'm going to go. I So for me, it, this has to be Deontay Johnson. I'm going to stick to my brand here. Uh, yeah. Deontay Johnson is a god, and I will always pick him. Uh, as a wide receiver, one, it's lower than obviously the rest of these teams here, but I think I have an advantage at quarterback and running back than most teams. So building him as my top receiver is smart for me. Uh, Kenneth Walker, David Montgomery, Kenneth Bordard. I think Davis and Etienne are fantastic picks here, but with how the quarterbacks have gone, I have to go Derek Carr, who I think is probably going to be a quarterback one this year. That gives me, you know, two AFC West quarterbacks, but two that I do believe will be quarterback ones. So I'm happy with that. Yeah. So after that, Etienne and Dobbins went next picks. So uh, good call there. Then George Kittle, Tua, Tonga Bailoa went right before me. And so I'm sitting here. My two picks here would be Aaron Jones or – no, it'd, it'd just be Aaron Jones. I'm just going to take Aaron Jones. That's fair. So get my uh, the wide receiver one for the, the Packers to stack with Aaron Rodgers. After that, just a stupid run on wide receivers. Uh, DJ Moore, Traylon Burks, Michael Pittman, Jerry Judy, Terry McLaurin, Garrett Wilson, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, TJ Hawkinson, Chris Godwin come off the board. And I feel like I need another wide receiver here. Uh, my build right now is is a little strange, so I'm kind of sitting fairly. I've got two quarterbacks, two running backs, a wide receiver. I could go young. I could go with Jamison Williams. I could also go young and go Rashad Bateman. I do have those two close in Dynasty. I want to say I have Jamison slightly ahead. Um but I do have DeAndre Swift on my team. And so I'm just going to wait on Bateman. I'm going to come back up here. I'm going to look at running backs for a second. I'm not going to like what I see. <laughs> look at tight ends. Don't like that either. <clears throat> I'm, I'm tempted to take my QB3 here. Um, it's not great value. Ooh, all right. I'll just, you know... Get your guys sometimes. I'm just going to take Bateman about a round and a half too early. That's fair. All right. Uh, Leonard Fournette, Devonta Smith, Mac Jones, Keenan Allen, all off the board after your pick. I have to go Mike Evans here. Um, I think he's an insane value at this point, especially for this season. Um, with having Deontay Johnson, my one, getting another guy that – is going to be heavily targeted to start the year, I think is very, very good for this build because I do think this is a little bit of a mixed bag of wait now future. So get a little bit, another veteran here never hurts. Um, Elijah Mitchell and AJ Dillon off the board. So for me, it's either I take my running back three here, which helps a ton. <laughs> so I don't have to worry about it. Or I go one of these young gun receivers and Chris Olave or Jameson Williams to build for the future of that position. I do think that is the smarter build for the future pick. Um, however, that's not what I'm doing here. I'm trying to win. And man, I, I do think there's a wide receiver that comes back to me that I like, and I'm not sure about running back. So for me, it's between Ezekiel and James Conner. Oh, boy. Who do I actually have ranked higher? Probably Zeke. <clears throat> I would assume it's Zeke, but... 
It's for cool. what for what it's worth. It I have Zeke twenty, and I have James Conner twenty six. Yeah, I have it twenty one and twenty five in favor of Zeke. So Zeke's the pick there. Uh, now I have three running backs. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty upset about it too, um, because James Conner did come off the board. That was kind of the last running back I was aiming for here at the seven oh seven. But Amari Cooper, Chris Olave, James Conner, and Zach Wilson are off. Um, you know, we just talked about Kirk Cousins and I think what his dynasty value is. I think that this is a good spot for him to be my QB3. Say I'm wrong about Justin Fields. I'm not, but say I am. Um, then I do have something trustworthy for the next couple of years. I would need to retool at quarterback, though. So instead of doing that, I am going to go ahead and move over to wide receiver where I think Mike Williams is a really good value, but I think I can also snag him in the next round. And so I'm going to just invest in lions and I'm going to take Jamison Williams, which is strange. Yeah. Uh, After that, Elijah Moore, James Cook, Marquise Brown, Sky Moore, Tom Brady, Mike Williams, man, that's unfortunate. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, <laughs> Kenny Pickett, Christian Watson, Brandon Ayuk. I'm really, really tempted to take the Mooney Field stack here. Um, but I, I feel like Komet is going to be my, my range of tight end too, and I don't want to oversaturate with Bears because why the hell would I do that? I don't have an RB3 at this point. I think if I'm looking, you know, I'm building for the future, but I do think that this squad is very win now. A lot of people are out on on Damian Harris, but I think he's going to have a fantastic 2022. And if I'm just looking at value, I would be comfortable with him as my RB3. So I'm going to take him here. Yeah, he's a good running back this year. It's past here where we have the question marks. Um, (laughs) Well, that sucks. What? (laughs) It's true. no, no, no. I mean the what came off the board. So Dalton Schultz, Clyde Edwards Alaire, uh, Dallas Goddard, and Pat Fryermuth came off the board. So maybe Komet isn't a reasonable thing for me. Uh, yeah, it's not great. Um <laughs> so I also want to get another running back here. So I'm gonna be taking Miles Sanders. I do have two running backs with the same buy, so this just helps me bridge that gap. Um and I know I could get a wide receiver, a quarterback, or tight end back what I'd like. So Colton Sutton and Hunter Renfro off the board right after. I think Hopkins is a decent shout if I had another wide receiver here because I do think he's one of the better ones and Allen Robinson, Brandon Cooks as well. But uh, for me, this is probably between Kirk Cousins and Darnell Mooney. And I already have the two quarterbacks. I want to fill out the starting lineup. I don't. I think Mooney's age and talent and target share outweighs the quarterback three here. So Darnell Mooney for me. Yeah, and I hate you with it passion uh the irony of alan robinson going to pick <laughs> pick after darnell mooney uh then dawson knox Judy smith schuster george pickens so i'm sitting here looking at hopkins as well i'm a little more out on him than you are we discussed this during our wide receiver rankings episode um i think i would lean brandon cooks if i were going that direction but i mentioned Kirk cousins three rounds ago so i'm going to take my qb3 here smart after that, DeAndre Hopkins goes Rashad White, which kind of just stabs me right in the heart. Yeah, Brandon Cooks also stabs me in the heart. Uh, Gabe Davis, Damian Pierce, Mike Kosicki, Jahan Dotson, Michael Thomas, Chase Claypool, Tony Pollard. How all of these tight ends have gone before Noah Fant. I know we disagree on Noah Fant, um, so I, I think it, Noah Fant is definitely a consideration here. Um, I've been on the Christian Kirk train. I think that this is really, really good value for him just based on what his target share will look like. I'm really upset with that wide receiver run though. I'm, I'm very unhappy with that. Oi. Um, all right. I'll get the field stack and I'll, no, I'm, I'm going to take no fan. I have to go with my rankings. No fans, the better tight end by a lot. So don't love that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, after that, Kareem Hunt, Isaiah Spiller, Christian Kirk, and Michael Carr go off the board. I was looking at Kareem Hunt or Christian Kirk there, so that does sting. Um, quarterback three here for me, I think Winston and Tannehill, I, I think I would lead Winston in that situation. Davis Mills has a little bit of youth. Matt Ryan 
has pretty much thrown for 4,000 yards like the last 11 years. So <laughs> I think he could do the same thing this year. After that point, I'm just not loving it. So I do really kind of want to get a quarterback three here. But, however, most teams kind of already have that. <laughs> so I do think I can wait. Cole Komet looks really juicy. Um, however, I also am not in love with my wide receiver room right now. So for me, do I want to do it? It's kind of gross gonna, here, though. It's kind of gross. It's just old but i mean this is kind of where you're looking at old and feeling okay about it so i'm actually gonna do i'm gonna do cordell patterson first to kind of have a little bit of both smart and And that didn't hurt you weren't gonna take singletary or tony correct no so look at that good choice all right i am going i don't want to wait for you <laughs> I'm gonna go title lock it. Uh, I was looking at Gallup hard, but I just don't want to wait for him, and I don't think he's gonna be ready near the start of the season. So, yeah, that's fair. Uh, after Lockett, Gallup was the next pick. Uh, Chase Edmonds, Zach Ertz, Ramondre, Ramondre Stevenson. So now I'm kind of sitting here. I'm looking at James Robinson versus Melvin Gordon as my RB four. Um, it, ultimately, I think that both of them will have value. Robinson's obviously younger, but Robinson is coming off of uh, an Achilles, an Achilles, mm-hmm. an Achilles. Um, and so I don't know what his role looks like. Melvin Gordon is getting up there in age, but he is the RB2 or 1B, technically, probably in Denver this year. I'm just going to go ahead and take Melvin Gordon. You look at that as value that you can flip later, I think. After that selection, Jameis Winston, Cole Komet, Ryan Tannehill, Tyler Algier, Matt Ryan, Adam Thielen, Trey McBride, James Robinson, Rashad Penny, Albert Akwegbanov. That's not how you say Akwegbanov. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm kind of sitting here. I'm looking at my wide receivers. I know I need to add. If I go something sure, I th- I think I would go Russell Gage or Alan Lazard. I think they have massive, massive upside for 2022. Alan Lazard is a little – man, that's that's getting another stack for Aaron Rodgers, though. I feel like that's a smart roster build. Russell Gage, though, looks to be the wide receiver, two In the time that Chris Godwin is out, I'm going to take Alan Lazard. I feel like investing in the Packers offense is smart. Yeah, I was going to go out. Sorry if he was there. <laughs> no question. Um, so after Lazar, David Bell, a little bit too rich for my blood for David Bell, even though I was Very. by far the highest on this show on David Bell. Alec Pierce, Alexander Madison, Rondell Moore. Um, wide receiver-wise, uh, Mechie, Ridley, Woods are kind of the top. I am full sending Woods and just going old at wide receiver besides my top guys and see what gets back to me. Uh, Hunter Henry, John Mechie off the board. Here's the thing. I don't have a quarterback three yet. <laughs> Most teams Mills. do. So Would it be Mills I, or Wentz or Jones or Goff or... <laughs> way to list them all. Um, I skipped so, Ritter and Willis. I, I do love Mills. I just don't know. I don't know he has great fantasy weeks, really, on this team. I'm actually going to go Daniel Jones here. Um, this new look offense, he actually does have a chance to keep his job. And the only way he does that is if he has an electric season. Uh, basically, this is either cut bait after a season of a quarterback three or – I have a good quarterback three, and I, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't hate that. I personally, I think Mills is kind of similar, right? Like he has to have a good year. He it's, does, but Daniel Jones gives you the running aspect, yeah. and uh, I think it's pretty safe to say he has better weapons around him as well, and a better offensive line, and yeah. possibly better coaching. So. I'm gonna. That's literally. I was like, well, for a one-year shot, which one am I taking? 
Right. After you, Irv Smith, Calvin Ridley, Jalen Tolbert, Ronald Jones, and then I was up. I took Russell Gage because I talked about him last pick, and he was still sitting there, and I feel pretty good about that. Uh, Zamir White, Tyler Boyd, uh, Ty Davis-Price, Brian Robinson, Daryl Henderson, Wandale Robinson, DJ Chark, David Njoku, Khalil Herbert, not happy about that one. Keontae Ingram, bad pick here. Uh, just a I'm terrible not happy terrible. about the Njoku. <laughs> I was I really was hoping he came back. I was going to snag him as kind of my my tight end two here. In looking at the running backs, I think there's about one guy that I'm interested in for the rest of the draft. Oh, there's two. I'm interested in Sonny Michelle later. Randy will probably scoop him. But um, I mean, we only you only have three more picks. So three picks. This is true. Um, and so with that in mind, I'm just going to take Naeem Hines and hope that Frank Reich isn't lying to us about him being a fantasy asset this year. He probably is. <laughs> he probably is, but he's my RB4. I don't really need him to be good. And I was in on Naeem a while back. So, Yep. All right. So uh, Jacoby Myers, Chuba Hubbard, Kenneth Gainwell, and McCole Hartman off the board. After that, I am going to go Tyler Higby here as my tight end. Um, he's not – the greatest upside guy, but he has put in consistent tight end one numbers when he's on the field. I do think he can continue to do that. Um, like you said, running back's kind of a death valley here. Marlon Mack has a path to be a starter. I don't know if he actually is the starter. Um, so for that, I kind of would rather wait. Wide receiver, I've kind of attacked heavy of late. So I think I can f- fade back, even though I think Valdez Scantley uh, is a good pickup here. So it's either I go Robert Tunyon and just double down on the kind of veteran tight ends, one of them will work out type situation, or I actually do the upside move for quarterback, and that's what I'm actually going to do. I'm going to take Desmond Ritter here as my quarterback four to kind of hedge my bet on Daniel Jones. It's a good pick. Um, and my my tight end target came off the board. So after you, Hassan Haskins, LaVisca Chanel, terrible pick. Kyron Williams, probably not a good pick. But then Evan Ingram, right before I was picking. And actually, as much as I have been super, super out on Evan Ingram, I'm in on this Jaguars offense. I'm in on the fact that they are going to have to throw a lot, and they don't have very many good players. And so I'll take the guys that have a little bit of upside. I wouldn't even call Ingram a good player. I don't even think he's that good, but I do think that he will see a high target share. So I'm upset in conclusion. Um, <laughs> in conclusion, man, uh, some of the quarterbacks that go before, um, some of these other guys it blows my mind. I'm going to take Davis Mills, my QB four. Uh, I, I do think that Davis Mills is talented. I think he had a great rookie year. I think he's going to build off of that. And so I think he's going to be the starter moving forward. I think we could be looking at a Kirk cousins esque uh, draft pick for, for the Texans. Uh, after that, Jeez, uh, <laughs> Christ. Uh, Marlon Mack, Khalil Shakir, the only wide receiver, the only non running back. Because then Pierre Strong, Gus Edwards, Tyler Beatty, Jamal Williams, Isaiah Pacheco, Trey Sermon, uh, JD McKissick, Sonny Michelle to round out the final picks for most of these teams. And of course, Sonny Michelle is the last guy that I was kind of interested in there. Um, I do think that some of these older guys here are good shots i think joshua palmer is a good dynasty asset i've talked about it i i do i think he's gonna be good tim patrick super intrigued by tim patrick at this spot considering the possibility that he could be the wide receiver one for the broncos i don't think he will be i think it'll be the wide receiver two though or three maybe i don't know three um i i think two i think kj kj osborne also, it's very, very intriguing with how he played last year. I'm going to go Tim Patrick, though, round up my roster. Yeah. So. All right. So after you, Raheem Mostert, probably the last running back of value at all. Uh, off the board, Snoop Connor, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Jones, Johnson. I will say, so Chris Carson's on the board at this point. We have no idea what's going on with him. He is only 27. Uh, he's not cleared from any camp with his neck surgery and all that stuff. So the thing is, like, he was their best back. 
you know, if he can come back this year, I think he could take the role again. If he doesn't play at all this year, I think he gets a cheap contract and a shot somewhere else. If he doesn't play for like a whole year, I do think he comes out swinging. So I do think he's kind of like a deeper shot. Uh, Drone Ford at running backs, another deeper shot. For me, I another quarterback's just kind of going too hard at it. I think Tunyon or Brevin Jordan or Gerald Everett is a good shot at tight end. However, I talked about it last time. MVS is one of the last people on here that I think could really kind of take a huge role. I do I do agree with you. I think like Osborne, Nico Collins, um, Palmer to some extent, Vilas Jones later have shots at that. But MVS is on kind of an ambiguous offense at this point with Kansas City. And he's going to be the one taking the deep shots, not Juju Smith-Schuster. So, yeah. Yeah, that Kansas City wide receiver room is the hardest thing to project this year. I'll yes. tell you, I struggled with that for a solid 45 minutes, just kind of sitting there looking at it like, what do I do? I don't know what to do. Yes. Um, <clears throat> uh, Deontay Foreman was the last pick. I think it's a good pick. I I think there's a chance that he takes over for Chuba in what we saw from him last year. He was really good. And we know what Christian McCaffrey's injury history looks like. So uh, a good pick with your last pick. Obviously most dynasty rosters are a little deeper. Randy, are there any, any you you wanted to talk about here? I mean, we kind of touched on a lot of guys. Yeah. I mean, uh, Malik Willis, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Matt Corral, uh, still on the board, Sam Howell later. You know, there's a few – there's a good amount of quarterbacks that are still on the board that maybe aren't the best values this year, but they have values down the road. Uh, Carson we brought up. Um, Ford I brought up. Uh, Abram Smith is kind of a deeper shot, like, shout-out for running backs with uh, New Orleans. I think he could really take up that role. I mean, besides that, like, Kenny Drake kind of, but, eh. Running back's pretty destitute, so that's – I think James White late is kind of a weird this year only, obviously, but it's kind of a weird good shout-out. He's always been a valued part of that passing attack that didn't really gain weapons. So I do think he could do some. Same aspect, Traquan Thornton. Um, We went over all these receivers kind of. uh, Terrace Marshall is kind of shooting back at my board slightly with the Robbie Anderson hit or miss news here um, that he wants to retire, which I forgot to send Christian a text saying, oh, well, Baker confirmed to the Panthers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Calvin Austin uh, is a good later shot at wide receiver. <sighs> Braylon Edwards kind of too, just because there's nothing else there. Uh, Brian you know, Edwards. Do Same Braylon. with DuVernay. <laughs> I, 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 do, yeah. I like DuVernay a lot. Uh, if you want to stash somebody – uh, Kyle Phillips for the Tennessee Titans, I think is a good shout out. Christian took yeah. Paris Campbell and like a last round of the start of for us last week or this week. I can't remember. It went yeah. on for like three weeks and I wanted to quit. It was, it, so <laughs> um, that's always a little bit good. AJ Green's pretty much undrafted and I think he can really actually do some good things this year. Especially with Hopkins uh, suspended the first six games. Yeah, it's, it's a short rental. It's a year thing, but he, was relatively decent last year. So in a spot start situation, I wouldn't be uncomfortable playing AJ Green by any extent. Um, yeah. Robert Tunyon, Gronkowski, Brevin Jordan, Dolchich, Everett, Hayden Hurst, Logan Thomas, Bellinger, Otten, Rucker. My my favorite thing to do is stash a rookie tight end. Pick yes, your favorite. Uh, you, I mean, you took Rucker in that draft. I, yes. I was looking at him, but... The the idea that Paris Campbell could get a, a decently high high target share. I don't. I'm not a huge Alec Pierce believer. I think that contributes to that that belief still being there. And the Colts have just backed Paris Campbell. But I took a long hard look at Jeremy Rucker because I think that he could very well just be freaking George Kittle for that offense. So yeah. Well, and the thing with the rookie tight ends is they generally don't do anything. And when you're doing a startup, you're generally drafting into taxi spots as well. So grabbing all these ultra veteran guys late, well, it could be helpful this year. You're probably going to end up having to cut them because you don't have the roster spots for them because you needed to put rookies or second-year players in your taxi spot. So getting a late-round tight end to just literally throw there 
maybe even two, and like have a shot to have you know future tight end ones just sitting for free on your team that you don't have to worry about. I think it's a tremendous upside play. And guys like Rocket and Otten uh, and Bellinger to some extent are all great options for that later in drafts. Yeah, for sure. Um, Dynasty is probably my favorite format for what it's worth. You know, yeah. we talk a lot about uh, redraft and 2022 value, but uh, Dynasty, Debbie obviously is is up there, but uh, Dynasty is definitely, um, you know, something I, I feel like we've gotten better at too over the years. We, we weren't oh, yeah. Dynasty players for a while. Um, and then we kind of got, yeah, got into it for, and we were keeper league players for for a while, but uh, got into Dynasty if uh, probably what four years, five years ago now, six years ago, yeah. I don't know, something like that. Ago. But it's it's my favorite, so I'm sure we'll do some more stuff like this. We we like to talk mm-hmm. Dynasty value, so yeah. Uh, do you want to go through your team quickly before we close out? Sure, if it'll load on my th- okay, so. Justin Fields, DeAndre Swift, Aaron Jones, Justin Jefferson, Rashad Bateman, Jamison Williams. A little bit of youth there, wide receiver. A little uncomfortable with it, uh, which is why I snagged some guys later. Noah Fant, Damian Harris, Melvin Gordon, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, Alan Lazard, Russell Gage, Naeem Hines, Davis Mills, Tim Patrick. And yours. Okay. Uh, Justin Herbert, Brees Hall, Joe Mixon, Deontay Johnson, Mike Evans, Darnell Mooney, Tyler Higby, Ezekiel Elliott, Miles Sanders, Derek Carr, Cordero Patterson, Tyler Lockett, Robert Woods, Daniel Jones, Desmond Ritter, and MVS. Um, so I went kind of old later for wide receiver, mainly because, I, I mean, I think you think the same way. I'm very confident in my evaluation process of wide receivers. So if I can get guys like Deontay, Mike Evans, and Mooney to be my just core wide receivers and then take guys like Lockett and Woods later that I know this season are going to get fed with targets and probably next season as well in their current situations, I think that's a fantastic way to kind of bolster your team for this upcoming stretch of, of a playoff push, and a championship push. And with your, your draft picks, you're working to replace them for the future uh, and with the wide receivers, we continually keep seeing, and what I already know is coming out next year, a little bit more top heavy, but than the deep as this last class was. But um, with what I already know is coming out, I'm very confident with even a second round pick, I can get a guy that I trust to eventually take over that role in two years. So that's just me personally. And running backs are, it's a revolving cycle. Zeke and Miles Sanders probably won't matter in three years, but. Uh, you know, Brees Hall and Joe Mixon will. Yeah. Yeah. Mixon will be on the brink. He'll be, he'll be close. He's, he's still he's pretty like young. 26, the, right? So Yeah, but the early – he had early injuries that kind of helped. He doesn't have a lot of tread. He definitely yeah. doesn't have Zeke tread. That's for no. sure. No. <laughs> Zeke's running in the dirt. <laughs> yeah. And they're going to keep doing it. So Speaking uh, of, so Damian Harris is going to get every carry he can fucking handle this year. I what. can promise you that Bill will run them dry. And I'll tell you what. Never talk I, to him again. I have him very high in my my early rankings for 2022, and yeah. I felt a little uncomfortable about it. Um, but I don't. You know, I I like, think well, you're right. It's going to be split backfield and run heavy attack. But like Damien here, Bill will always run the guy that's going to be out the door next year into the dirt and he will never even contact him about an extension because <laughs> yeah. he knows he just got the best year left on his tires because he's going to run him into the fucking ground. Yeah. So and that's why they is going to be multiple good. running backs every year. That's yeah. Like, yeah. And they, Andre, like our dinosaur is, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I honestly next year for the Patriots back, it was a little bit ambiguous. I'm not quite sure who it's going to be. We'll probably get into that at some other point and they're going to draft sure someone will. in the fourth round next year. that's going to take over, but <laughs> pretty much yeah yeah but they, right. they generally don't give rookies touches in the backfield it's strange Ramondre got quite a bit but Damian Harris got hurt so yeah why. exactly and uh, White was out yeah we will talk about the Patriots backfield because I have some takes there too so um uh-huh. yeah I know <laughs> uh all right that'll do it for this episode of the cut we will be back next week with another breakdown of some sorts depth chart breakdown and I don't remember what we have additionally something I, um i think it might have been a dynasty strategy um 
Yeah, where we look at different strategies to build your rosters um, and ways yeah. that can can work and, and some pros and cons and stuff like that. We did that yeah, series. We'll, we'll be doing something. that with Dynasty Redraft throughout the rest of this offseason. Uh, we do it every year, but I think it's always good to look at them every year to see validity of different strategies going into the season. So it'll be another breakdown, and I'll believe that, but I, I haven't checked it in like two weeks because I worked so hard to get ahead. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Uh, all right. Well, we will be back next Monday at around 10 o'clock. That's, that's kind uh, of been the schedule. I'll be in a different space. That's true. That will be happening. So, all right. Do you have anything else to add, dude? Uh, go watch Miss um, Marvel. Uh, I, I enjoyed the first okay. episode. It wasn't like I, – I didn't love it as much, but it's definitely nowhere near as like dark or um, – crazy as other disney like marvel shows has been it's definitely more along like the general like teenager vibe yeah like (laughs) but it it was it's a fun story it's you know so uh and then it comes back out wednesday so yes it does uh we will probably get into that at some point uh when we have a little bit of extra time uh, because we like our marvel talk series and we've heard some good feedback on it so um all right well that'll do it We'll be back next week. For Randy Hall, I'm Christian Williams. We will talk to you guys then. Later.